let me put my phone on silent uh okay so we start in three two one hello hey. what's up guys welcome to the uh, imaginary audience hi i'm sure there'll be a lot of audience um very soon members welcome to the uh, to the rakshit and sakshi show or the dirt show if you will because uh, <laughs> this is going to be branded as dreaming in real time podcast or it could just be us spilling the dirt that's just pretentious as fuck no it's not uh, i don't understand why you have to sort of be on your high horse all the time i'm not on my high horse that, that's as bad as what uh, that's actually the same crap that you gave me for spilling the tea or nothing but the tea that nobody understands that that's the problem it's such a millennial phrase why wouldn't they understand no i i, I don't think i mean everybody who heard that name didn't get it so like it was just you like the we asked all but like three people the podcast is still fine like it's just like yeah maybe they're spilling the dirt on something and you could also add this like tinge of like oh yeah but it's also dreaming in real time whatever that is I mean, it's self-explanatory. It's dreaming in real time. We talk about random shit, and uh, we uh, hopefully, when, when, if, if, and when we get enough listeners who really give a shit, then we can get mm-hmm. interesting people on in our lives mm-hmm. uh, to sort of come and add some some interesting flavors to the conversation that we we will be having. Um, mm-hmm. but why don't you tell why don't you tell everybody how this things actually started out i mean what was the the impetus behind this whole podcast idea uh so this actually was supposed to happen i think like 8 to 10 months ago i think longer when we were in the first lockdown like the peak of the lockdown where india everybody in india was like under a full fledged lockdown right right yeah maybe like april may we were just talking about some controversy on the internet and uh, we we were talking about it for a long time and we realized that uh, we actually had so many insights to uh, this particular problem and uh, we thought we jokingly thought that maybe people would be interested in listening to this and we should make a podcast out of it and we could make it fun and all of all of that uh, great stuff so yeah we decided we should do a podcast talking about random things that interests us it could be anything drama controversy ideas startups business and life got in the way i mean <laughs> anything but in yeah, all honesty though uh, what what is really ironical about ironic about that article what, what the fuck is wrong the, the the ironic element in this whole um, this whole build up to this podcast was the fact that we have been so jobless literally apart from the short stint that uh, the two of us were engaged in mm-hmm. uh in terms of our career uh life mm-hmm. and yet we still couldn't sort of find the time to do this to actually have a sit down conversation or or um what is even funnier or even even more absurd is the fact that we've actually had so many more meaningful conversations while it was not being taped or recorded which mm-hmm. then you know we 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 think back in, in retrospect like oh my shucks we, if, if only we had the the tape running or the camera recording at the time mhm and 
I don't know. We just made excuses for just like I don't know procrastinating this to the extent that we have. Yeah. Uh, and in all honesty, unlike places like Bombay, which I mean, where I was at the time, and uh, uh, Delhi, Bangalore didn't really have much of a lockdown situation per se. I mean, yeah. I mean, until like. June, we were like pretty much under a full-fledged lockdown. Most people were not working, and yeah, only in like June, maybe July, August, things started opening up. Yeah, but Mr. Yedi got a little cocky uh, in that interim, wherein things I I feel like things opened up a little quicker than they should have, especially given the numbers right now in Bangalore, which is not as. Um, precarious uh, not not in as much of a precarious state as as maharashtra is but it's it's comparable to some extent i i don't i think i don't even think it matters anymore yeah people don't give a fuck that's there nobody cares it's yeah can you believe like actually this pretty much marks like a year of coronavirus in our lives and uh, i don't know i feel like a lot has happened but it's mostly been a rather confusing and terrible year for most of us, I would imagine. Of course, people, uh, initially, even I didn't mind the lockdown. It was just like, oh, yay, great. You get a break from life uh, and you don't have to do anything and all of that stuff. But it got pretty old very quickly because you realize how much time you have to waste away. And yeah, so you re- reach this point of, <laughs> a very meaningless life that you're living and uh, the, the podcast was one of the ways for us to get out of it but I guess that never really happened because uh, anyway we did get busy we did find jobs and we started working uh, on in areas we didn't really like but we just sort of had to get out of the rut of this very weird, meaningless, and uh, stagnant life. And I think that's why we even took the jobs that we did initially in like August and September or whatever. So, what jobs were they? If you want to sort of detail on that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I was working for a CA firm as a tax lawyer. So, I was mostly a litigating lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it, it was, it is a field that I like, but. Uh, yeah, very remotely. It's not. It, it was not the ideal job for me, really. It was just, uh, I, I mostly focused on direct and international tax throughout my uh, internships and stuff. And this was indirect tax, which was a completely... Uh, different ball game. Yeah, different ball game mm. altogether. And yeah, I didn't really enjoy it. Uh, so yeah, I eventually walked out of it six months into it. And... Uh, yeah, that, that, that's what I did. What about you? I was, um, well, in all honesty, so for me, I mean, as, as a lot of our friends uh, know, but I mean, most listeners, I'm assuming, would not know. I sort of had, a, I sort of had my LLM lined up for, for last year. And mm-hmm. lo and behold, Corona hits and everything is Rona all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. You, you, you can at least give me like a, like a passing, like a laugh, you know. Some friendly laugh at that joke of mine. <laughs> anyway, okay. so, oh, fuck up, patronizing as hell. So um, no, so everything was everything was a crap storm all of a sudden, and I honestly didn't know what 
to do with myself because so um, counting the days till our final year in law school where i mean we all thought it would be amazing and, and, and completely positive and very fun uh, which clearly it didn't turn out to be because well the college shut down literally in our final year which is the worst thing that can happen uh, mm-hmm. but i was so confident that you know my path is set where i'm out of college i i spent a little i spent like a month or two at home figuring out my visa situation all of that and then i'm i'm packing away to the states um because of that i i didn't have anything lined up i hadn't sat for i i i chose not to sort of sit for any of the campus interviews uh i chose not to sort of pursue any uh pre-placement offers that i'd received um and i'd also chosen not to sort of even contact any um resources for uh, for for my career because my 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 decision was on my my impression at the time uh, about what I was what I was trying to pursue was clear it was just go out of the country stay there for a year hopefully get a job if not come back to india and then then we can think about you know the the, the career aspect of it uh-huh. but obviously that plan didn't work out and i was just at a loss and as you know you and i in fact shared this we we are not very good i think a lot of people are in our generation sort of share this but in a way this this whole idea of not being able to be idle at home uh mm-hmm. but i also think in a way you know i'm just just stepping back for a while and, and talking about this it just occurred to me i mean i know before this before the state was running we were actually talking about something similar but it just occurred to me maybe this whole aspect of not being able to be idle is more of a social constructionist concept it's i think we've been socialized to think that way if you if you really think about it uh um yes and no because what i mean though is like okay i'll give you an example now go back to the time when you were maybe say in fourth fifth grade okay uh it was a sunday usually idly typically in my household my dad would come and wake me up at around uh 10 o'clock or whatever because it's bad to just stay in bed all day mm-hmm. then there was this unspoken expectation or rather um a norm where uh once you wake up you immediately go to the loo and do your morning routine whatever it could be whatever it is brushing your teeth washing your face etc etc and then you have to leave the room right okay so that was another thing because it, you can't stay in that um in that sort of space which i understand on a scientific level it it could actually does uh it does act to a detriment if you're stuck in one dingy dark place uh higher chance mm-hmm. of sort of uh, you know being depressive higher chance of losing out on on essential vitamins that come out of the sun uh higher chance of just positive energy in your life but mm-hmm. the flip side was that there's this over glorification of constantly having to be engaged in something mm-hmm. that we've grown uh be it in schools you know how you have uh uh proxy or substitute teachers proxy we never had we never had the term proxy i think it was more of a high school term we had substitute teachers that used to substitute for people who for teachers who weren't present that day uh they wanted you to do something besides put lay just put your head down on the on the table at least in my case Yeah no i get it i mean obviously sometimes doing nothing uh is the greatest form of therapy you can get and and it's 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 nice but i also think that the emphasis on action is not really uh ill founded or 
socialized newly because uh, i feel like ever since like our vedas and puranas they they you you can see that they have sort of emphasized on action and good action and responsibility and all of that even through all our religious sure. texts, most religious texts emphasize on that and i was just reading like a little bit about like the vedanta philosophy as well and uh, they also emphasize on taking action right and uh, even that's what even karma yoga is all about right uh, not necessarily but go on yeah no uh, from the little bit of what i have come across uh yeah so karma yoga is not not really um action for the sake of action it's not progress for the sake of progress for instance no it's not i'm that's what i'm saying you it doesn't have to be progress for the sake of progress it's but, yeah it's, it's it's more unselfish action in the pursuance of dharma that makes sense you know without being attached to personal consequences uh to if i act this way would it be to my detriment or would it be to my benefit without that thought just acting for the sake of fulfilling your dharma right but so from what i understand from that is like you need to have some kind of a purpose or dharma sure uh, no but, but I, i'm not arguing that at all i'm not saying um that there shouldn't be a logos in your life based on meaning there shouldn't be i'm not saying to live your days in a nihilistic fashion where you just you know like everything is fuck all damn it all and there's there's no point in me getting out of my room i don't i don't mean it that way what i mean is there's this constant um this 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 stress to sort of be doing everything at every single time because if you uh, so in kannada there's there's a there's a, a word that my dad or mom used to call me a lot it's called uh, dandapinda which means a useless fellow Mm. it's basically uh, in tamil it's like dandachor mm-hmm. what it essentially means is that useless bugger is this this is not he's not doing anything he's just sitting at home you know mm-hmm. uh, and i feel like when you when you sort of it's not for the lack of trying but sometimes you just don't want to do something and 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 because of the way we have been socialized so my argument is this we ourselves have internalized that whole um aspect of being a dandapinda or a dandachor to such an extent where if we are not doing something in our uh, careers or in our life in general even if there's a there's a harrowing pandemic going right outside our, going on right outside our windows we somehow sort of make ourselves feel miserable by the fact that we're uh, just here doing nothing you see what i mean i get it but maybe maybe uh we have to do something is what i'm saying i get that again you're missing my point though but my point is we shouldn't while okay while there is an onus for us to to sort of step up uh and you know uh, pedal to the metal and all that all those uh, adages no not even pedaling to the metal just any kind of action just getting up and doing like maybe doing the dishes or maybe doing like uh i don't know painting mm-hmm. or whatever writing whatever it is that that is a form of action in my mind right now maybe it doesn't have to sort of be towards uh you know getting getting a job or whatever it is but uh, just keeping yourself occupied mostly no sure sure uh, whereas as opposed to like just doing nothing all day like see i get 
uh, that you need periods of doing nothing and sometimes it can be extreme. I'm not even saying that. I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying that we shouldn't have to feel miserable when you're in a when you're in a sort particular circumstance where you're not doing anything. Sure, but I feel like you should uh, take whatever action that you can and is right. That I fully agree with. But again, it's the otherwise. Otherwise, okay. It's like fat shaming. It's like it's like fat shaming. Do I do I think being fat is something that should be glorified or celebrated? Hell no. Hell's to the no. Do I think obesity is uh, really really detrimental detrimental to your health? Yes, of course it is in every way. It's the same thing when people say, "Oh, how can you you know make that sort of a statement?" Do you think being anorexic is healthy? Hell no, right? Same same principle. But do am I okay with sort of uh, uh, bullying someone into losing weight? No, I don't think that's effective. One and two, that's just unnecessary, right? So in the same way, we while it is ideal to sort of be um, you know be proactive at least, if not you know having to be engaged in the conventional sense, be proactive in 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 sort of mm-hmm. at least keeping yourself occupied in some way or the other. I feel like, uh, mm-hmm. by the same token, it's also very important not to bully yourself into changing if you're not there in that particular time uh, situation. Does that make sense? Sure, you could. Sure, you could be a lot more empty towards yourself. To and yourself. yeah, which unfortunately we aren't able to do because of how we've been culturalized or socialized into you know believing that that's somehow a bad thing. Which is what I've. That's basically my what I'm trying to say. we're so obsessed with this idea of this one version of having to sort of be occupied 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 that any uh... and i would actually i would actually go ahead and say that we actually also uh i mean okay uh, going back a little bit uh right after graduating college we most of us feel that we we need to have landed the ideal job right the ideal uh uh so the ideal amount of income every month or whatever it is so we ima- i feel like at least i did and subconsciously i did that i imagine this version of success uh that i was making great money that i was in my ideal job straight out of law school right straight after graduating and uh, maybe that is some form of an unreasonable expectation to have to be hyper successful at the age of like what 23 24 um without ever having really stepped out in the real, into the real world and uh, ba- just based on some image that you formed in your head after deriving maybe some elements from other people's life who may may or may not be uh in the same position as you but they only appear to be rich and successful right and i feel like that's that's something a lot of us do from the conversations i have had with people and all of that just having this very uh, high ideal version of success at 23 24 which most people don't end up really getting because let's face it it's uh, i mean like life just seems and is really a long term game right and people have been at it for much longer than we have people have been working for much longer than we have there are there i mean i i could it's not like everyone's dumb and uh, and, and and they're not putting the right kind of efforts into being rich and successful uh so yeah and it, like what makes us think that uh we we should have had it all at 23 24 
and this is a question i keep asking myself what is really making me think that i should have really had everything at i think that's more of a generational so on the one hand that's more of a so okay there's there's two ways to answer your question okay one is a general observation that i am not too certain about the scientific literature to sort of back it up uh so consider this an opinion uh, and the other is actual psychological evidence the first one would be i think it's more of a generational thing um wherein i i think by a uh, a significantly large milestone we are one of the most overly pressured and overly burdened generation mm-hmm. i don't say this because of a lack of resources we have plenty of that but okay firstly technology is literally is a beast it's this it's so humongous it's like it's like holding the tail of a tiger or in fact it actually might be even bigger than a tiger itself right it can be the dragon and you you go on you, you sort of go out in the world thinking that you will slay the dragon until it eats you it eats you as like kibble and then spits you out so technology is so big a phenomenon that i'm sure that has some um uh, uh you know contribution in in making us miserable to an extent especially social media validation right definitely uh, also if you've noticed mm-hmm. technology yeah and and technology so if i if if you and i were strangers we didn't know each other at all okay uh and i we we, we sort of ran into each other in the middle of the street even if we had some bone to pick with each other for whatever reason we would never be vicious mm-hmm. in person Mm-hmm. however the same thing if you flip it say on an instagram dm uh, in instagram dm or a twitter uh, whatever status i don't know whether it's mm-hmm. the it's the limited characteristics word constraint or it's the echo chamber around that sort of supports and supports you and you know adds likes but people tend to be much more vicious on a social media platform than in real life yeah do like screw the viciousness you know like it's you can generally what do people like posting about they like posting about like their high moments in their right, that again comes uh, down to social like dominance success. orientation or social comparison orientation which is a psychological phenomenon actual psychological phenomenon exactly so you obviously you people are posting only most people are posting only the high moments in their life and me as an everyday joe if i just like i'm scrolling through in my miserable job or whatever of 10 hours where i'm not even making that much money and i'm like oh my god this person at the age 18 19 is a business mogul and like she's a billionaire now and all of that stuff obviously like i mean the comparisons are off the chart like this person i mean i'm of course i'm like talking i'm thinking kylie jenner here but yeah that's what most of us uh, like kylie is 18 talk about kylie jenner i mean no oh. i mean whatever back then when she started her makeup brand and stuff she's 20 are you kidding me she's younger than me and you what the fuck yeah, yeah i think yeah she must be 22 23 i'm not sure but yeah uh yeah dude like she's and she's a freaking billionaire right like see exactly like how you said right now like oh she's what 21 22 oh my god she's already a freaking 23. billionaire mm-hmm. right but yeah so but then uh, kai and i didn't grow up in the same sort of circumstances we didn't really have the same kind of life and i do not you definitely didn't have a sister who made a sex tape <laughs> and <laughs> yeah exactly 
and i i don't have i don't have the kind of uh, uh famous family that she has right to leverage off that success into my makeup brand or my business or whatever it may be and uh, of course and it's something she's interested in passionate about whatever so and so she's killing it obviously it's i'm not saying that she never put in work into her brand i'm just saying it's just very different set of parameters she's already starting from level 100 where i might be at like a say a level 10 right and and but still i at the end of the day when i'm looking at instagram or something i'm just like oh my god kylie is living the life like whatever wow why why am i stuck in this job or whatever right so like i mean we don't make the right comparisons and we don't uh, and and we sort of berate ourselves over not being hyper successful and billionaire but that's what so that's what i was saying so technology in that aspect definitely sort of you know makes a big uh, impression on you and also adds a tremendous burden but also where i feel like our mm-hmm. generation is is uh, particularly or uniquely burdened um, uh, when mm-hmm. as compared to previous generations those of our parents grandparents yada yada is the fact that I feel uh, in a lot of ways we have this because we have so many resources at our disposal we're expected to sort of mm-hmm. do greater at a very young age uh mm-hmm. not just by ourselves but yeah, but yeah. peers uh, adults yeah. I, mean, I hate so I I sure. by principle or rather I on principle have this disdain and distaste for millennial lingo and slang but adulting is hard man <laughs> i mean <laughs> there's there's so much uh, that you sort of especially when you hear these these big concepts of in, i'm sure i mean this you in fact you could talk talk a little bit about why you even got to this in a while but when you hear about your peers and your family members you know talking about uh, uh, investment and and stock markets and then cryptocurrency and bitcoin it's just so much to sort of be in that rat race as quickly as possible one two your mm-hmm. parents are always uh, sort of in the state where they're comparing you to to comparing you to sort of different people at at one given point in time because my parents are really really nice where they don't mm-hmm. but my mom sometimes does it subtly but she will never admit that's she's awesome that way but in general we're in that generation where we're easily compared there's a very very uh, noticeable uh, you know um, Uh, acknowledgement or awareness of our status of, of our status consciousness where status hierarchies are formed the mm-hmm. second we sort of graduate uh college or high school where you know yeah. alongside measure of self esteem and uh, and uh, competitiveness or assertiveness you have things like social hierarchies setting up you have mm-hmm. social comparison orientation you have uh, uh you know which mm-hmm. turns into uh, hypersensitive narcissism because that's the whole woke generation mm-hmm. in a nutshell you know the whole snowflake generation they're so i honestly i think there is there's some psychological science behind it where because of the uh, social hierarchies or social comparison orientation that they're so um, bogged down by they've moved they've gone into the sense of hypersensitive narcissism in a sense where everything is triggering everything is offensive the smallest uh, microaggressions that's the thing you know so all of these things when you sort of cumulatively put them at an individual at the, i would say arguably tender mm-hmm. age of 20 23 24 25 or 25 is a bit late i'm trying mm-hmm. to sort of keep myself in the young bucket 
but uh, 24 25 women my point is that it's 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 very difficult on their psyche as well as emotionally and physically to feel um, like they're valued something or they're they're worth something and i don't think right. any previous generation has gone through this at at least at this uh, magnitude or the scale no yeah and can i tell you i think like most of uh, both of us and most of our friends uh, we all come from i think like we we've not we've never had to struggle for like uh, survival True. right it's it's more our parents did that our parents uh, came from like nothing and built their way to the top or whatever built their businesses all of that uh, and i think most of us never had to do that we went with the flow we yeah we went with the flow we had to go to school we went to school uh, there was no pressure on us to sort of mm-hmm. deliver back to our family right and uh, because of that maybe i think we don't really know that we have to work hard for things and we have to work hard for like success no i think it's the opposite actually money i think that because of this whole pressure that's sort of given to uh, this whole notion that you know we've we've just got it the easy way so this, this is the problem i have with the whole nepotism argument right i understand both sides of it on the one hand uh sure in industry like 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 bollywood is already so it's already so closed off nepotism is detrimental because in a business when people ask me why is it okay uh, that you know a businessman or a, or a lawyer or a owner of a law firm would sort of get his children into or her children into the into the mix that's cool because you're not shutting off the entire industry mm-hmm. it's just that particular company that particular firm when no, bollywood you're sort of shutting off the industry I, right yeah. the point i want to make here is this whole the whole problem with the whole nepotism argument is that just because you've got it out easy in some sense especially in the bollywood example mm-hmm. that sort of adds a burden to sort of prove yourself twice as hard as your uh, parents or your relatives did because people maybe, are maybe. already maybe. they've already sort of uh, developed this or 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 fixed this, presupp- this presupposition about you that you're just a product of a rich daddy or famous daddy or famous mommy sure dude like that's a very specific example but i feel like what i was trying to more get at like you were talking about how adulting is hard right and i feel like we just never really realized the gravity of that statement until uh we graduated and we had to sort of uh, get, gather our bearings and i don't know do something with our lives and generate income assets whatever it is generate value in our life uh we we never really thought about the bigger questions like this we've never had to think about the uh, larger que- bigger questions like this and the real questions to be honest because we were always caught up in like some kind of institutional bubble where yeah, we were like yeah we have to sort of uh, finish college then finish school finish college then maybe get a job and then we finally sort of reached this point where we like okay we have to fucking get a job <laughs> and and uh, i think most of us just stand <laughs> in our face cuz especially now yeah. well this is awkward and hard there is no really sexy way to uh, enter the job market because it's, it's that's okay people you know that's, that's also okay you know I it mean... is it is okay it's real the thing is i think i what i'm trying to say is i think we never really imagined that it 
reality would actually be this way and adulting is actually this hard you just heard the cliche like oh yeah adulting is hard i don't want to move up my ass or whatever but it's actually really confusing and most of us are really really clueless at this point and we're just like trying to grab on to whatever makes sense and we're operating with like what say 5% 10% knowledge about what we're doing and we're just hoping to get the best results out of it that's true also that, but that's sort of what i meant you know and there's also this this whole idea that because we had it so easy growing up or relatively easy compared to you know other people or our parents before us whatever mm-hmm. there's this uh, expectation that since we've had all those resources why aren't you making why, why aren't you putting them into use and becoming like the next billionaire like immediately mm-hmm. i mean you didn't have any any hindrances along your path So why the fuck are you still at home that's also a pressure you know it's it's the uh, uh, what, what 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 would you call it the um, uh, the disaster of too much choice and resource right so oh, people yeah. expect you to sort of come up with the best concoction since you have everything at your disposal mhm which is really pressuring because then it that's the sort of pressure that even guilts you before killing you Mm-hmm. because you sort of internalize and uh, internalize the whole scenario and you're like fuck man i mean they're right they did give me all of this right i had it pretty easy why the fuck am i still you know struggling i mean it's so funny you just sound like we're complaining about all the great things that we have but no i get it i totally get the pre- i totally get what you're saying but then it's so a then kind of pressure all, all you know all things considered it's a very different kind of pressure i'm not trying to be little um no, more kind of sort of rank pressures No no I agree but then like the next question would be so how do we sort of like deal with all of this as a young millennial generation who graduated in 2020 and is are, are looking to sort of am I millennial I'm 96 born does that make me millennial man I don't know how this works I think like until like like post 97 or 96 i think we're like gen z <laughs> but like we'll just we'll just group ourselves with the millennials we don't okay. want to be gen z uh it's okay <laughs> that's fair but yeah. um i think the answer is actually um uh, embedded in something that we spoke about at the beginning of this of this podcast of this conversation when we were talking about um you know the the uh, acceptance that it's okay to not be doing something not not being it's okay to not be engaged all the time that you shouldn't okay, be too hard on yourself. Not be okay. Yeah, well that's that's an by the way that's a K drama recommendation that I that I really yeah. must check out. It's it's brilliant. I've been seeing it all over Netflix. It's actually really really beautiful. It's a lovely story. Uh okay. the actress I can't pronounce her name for the life of me is so beautiful, so gorgeous. Mhm. Usually I say she's hot as fuck but she's just gorgeous. <laughs> And yeah. I like the dude. He's nice uh, he's a nice lead. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah it's, it's really it's a really fun K drama you, you should know, actually you know, give it up uh, you remember like how i feel like okay uh in the past few years we've had like uh, uh we've had differing sort of conversations about mental health right see of course in mental health is important and all of that oh i think it's become a fad and glorified i mean see, for no, someone no, who's genuinely like that's the thing that's the thing wait 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 so did reach a point where like oh my god it's fucking like everybody seems to be talking about it just for the sake of talking about it nobody is no but it's cool today to sort of be mentally ill i mean is it cool to break all your fucking bones but 
what i'm saying is listen that's, uh, we we've had this conversation before about like how uh, it it has become a fad but here we are actually talking about like you know how it's okay to not be okay like i feel like two years ago we would have like laughed at ourselves for like saying stuff like this maybe because maybe we sort of like got on this uh, uh, we, we we had the sort of perspective of where like we were just very tired of talking about mental health because everybody was just yelling at it from different directions and we just it just didn't really mean anything from anybody right but then the fact is uh we've sort of come back to our basics of ground reality and are actually acknowledging that like listen even these smaller things uh really fuck us up and as a millennial generation we have um way too many whatever real or unreal problems that we have stuck in our head that we have to sort mm. of deal with so i'm just saying that uh, we've become a bunch of hypocrites but i think i don't think we've been hypocrites in fact i don't think we've ever denied the validity of mental health in fact just now the axiomatic um, Sorry, rather the 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 analytical uh, juxtaposition that I just made uh, when I say things like you know when I, when I just said that people often tend to treat uh, you know having a mental illness as this cool thing is it cool to break a bone so for me it's as important as a physical illness or a physical wound because it's a genuine illness right um, my problem with it was not so much that sorry you were saying no go on uh, my problem with it was not so much that you know they were surrounded by cliche pinterest and tumblr quotes or or youtube motivational videos and and all of that jazz my problem was that there was always uh there was this there was in fact few one section of the cultural say on the cultural spectrum one section of society uh i'm not going to go left right nonsense right now because that's that's redundant to the current discourse but one section always has this insistence that there's only a certain way that you can conceptualize something right if you don't uh, uh you know if you if you don't uh say acknowledge a certain way of believing or a certain way of accepting a certain phenomenon you're suddenly devoid of humanity and you're this you know you're this racist xenophobic discriminate sexist misogynist what all those all those uh, you know uh, wonderful uh, adjectives and pejoratives uh, mm-hmm. but that's really my point that that they always had this one insistence where any standard devi- deviation even the most minute standard deviation from their uh, you know their uh, authoritative definition of mental health meant that you didn't understand mental health meant that you were someone who was mm-hmm. cruel to people who were depressed and anxious and and all of that right mm-hmm. if you told mm-hmm. uh, uh, if it's a genuine thing to tell someone if they are depressed that um, you know it this will all get better it's this all this is, what you're doing is so useless that's genuinely bad but at the same time there's nothing yeah, wrong so- with telling somebody listen maybe it's not really as bad as you think and there's still something you could sort of do to get a hold over it it's a hopeful statement as opposed to oh my god i know you're fucked i'm fucked too let's be fucked together No, yeah, that was always dumb. That was my problem with the whole no. mental health narrative. I'm, I'm talking about like, see, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I felt like. I at a point even 
if i i got very sick and tired of just people talking about sure same it, same same because it just especially after the sushant yeah, thing yeah, as well yeah. right it was not really tiring because and maybe it was just like these big celebs or big brands just like riding on that wagon of like the same we care about you and all of that maybe they genuinely do but it just came out very disingenuous because i mean they're so far away what the fuck do they care about me so here is what i think like should be uh, a better approach uh, i think like maybe uh, it, it, we we should talk to people exactly very us, important like, just call a friend said like no? it's it's not going to make a difference if like i go on social media and like i see this very uh, i see this like uh, instagram or talking about like how uh, how how they sort of uh, resolved their mental health issues of course sure it might give you ideas and stuff like that but it's not going to do anything more it's like a pair of jeans that, right? there is a limiting it is a very limiting right, factor right. to it like it's it's how like you when you go online to consume motivation right even though you might be motivated it's not unless you do something about it it's it's not nothing nothing's going to happen it's going to like you're just going to be extremely motivated for a second and then it's it's gone right and especially with mental health it's extremely tough i guess because like nobody nobody really and under- will understand fully what's going on in your head unless you try and explain it to another person and even you might not fully understand uh it or you might misunderstand it sometimes because you know you have like you're so caught up in your own head and maybe you 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 need uh some psychiatric intervention at some points some you you never know right and uh, and i feel like the first step to solving anything mental health is always to sort of reach out to some someone in your life or someone who is real like a person right who you can go and see and talk to them about because otherwise like this whole like social media thing is not going to work maybe even call and tell somebody but that's still much better than uh just not doing anything about it and just being like okay yeah, we're all fucked we're all in this together and uh, celebrate yeah, in a celebratory yes, manner yes. even yes. sometimes it's so sad you know it's like the school uh, yeah. hashtag it makes for a cool hashtag hashtag just depressed yeah, days or hashtag just depressive things it's it's it's, it's yeah, tokenism I mean, think, at its finest yeah it's just a, yeah that's the thing i i just don't like the tokenism aspect of this whole thing and i think the social media weirdly well, as counterproductive you know social media in a lot of ways it sort of it, it see, as, exacerbates as, as the problem useful, you would think it's such a useful tool right it's you you think it's such a useful tool like listen oh yeah i can actually connect with this person who's who's going to something similar uh but uh, we seldom do that i think we just seldom i think we we just most of the times just sort of consume and don't really act on that i mean i think it would still be better if like okay yeah you're seeing someone something on instagram fine then reach out to them and see if if maybe you could maybe they could actually genuinely help you mm. i mean that would still be better that would still be taking some kind of action oh. in trying to oh. talk to someone and trying to understand it and trying to get better or whatever also i think that another practice that i i really i really hope um will start becoming a thing because it's actually very important 
is don't wait for your friends or your loved ones to call you why not just routinely actually just yeah, pick up the phone not text because that, that doesn't really cut it for some reason i'm i've always been very apprehensive about texting i i'm a very i'm a terrible text messenger mm-hmm. i will not respond to your text messages but mm-hmm. uh every now and then just give your loved ones a phone call just to check up on them and just have a conversation i agree it it goes both ends whether or not yeah and and don't wait for that person to call you you know but yeah just mm. let them know that you're there yeah dude we should normalize having real relationships to be honest even with our families we should have real relationships because i let's face it more more often than not we're oh, like in our that, that's not cool in the social please. circles you know to sort of be friendly with boomers squads wall of nonsense <laughs> no but do like imagine your your parents have their own like stress and all of that shit going on but you have no idea exactly, what exactly. your life looks like you're just like so caught up in your life and i think that's why it starts from like family right if you that they're literally your immediate environment most more for most of us anyway so it it makes no sense to like not be mm. talking to them of course i'm not really getting into specific situations where like your family and you have like an abusive relationship and all that but i'm yeah generally talking if if you if you are in a position where uh, you think you could uh, have a good relationship with your family a trustworthy relationship with your family where you can be there uh, where they can act as a support system i i think we should we should definitely normalize yeah, that yeah. more <laughs> and work towards it and really just talk to people to be honest they might not understand your problem but at least like i think talking about it goes a long way wow oh, yeah what do you what do you um what do you feel about this whole uh, this whole investment craze all of a sudden you know this whole uh, sudden need to sort of want to be in every crypto market in every i i know nothing about i know silch all i know is whatever you have been teaching me and lo behold i suddenly discovered my mom's been an investor for a while now as well so um yeah i mean like i feel like most people once we again this is one of those things that we never knew there's a reason for that though culturally uh, south indians have been okay so for those of you listening sakshi and i kanadi guys we are from bangalore uh south indians generally have always had this weird uh, uh you know this whole this chip on the shoulder when it comes to investment or equity shares in general uh where they've always regarded it yeah, as, been, been gambling, as something which is not a fair way of earning money uh our investment right, right, portfolios right. have been limited to gold a fuck ton of gold uh real yeah, estate and like things like fixed de- uh, fixed deposits and then we sort of started you know uh, mm-hmm. dipping one toe like one small toe in uh, into the small toe doesn't make sense one toe mutual into uh, the cold waters of uh, mutual funds uh mm-hmm. whereas in north of india it's always been a very um, accepted say uh, income not in maybe not income uh, uh, source though a lot of people just do shares 24 bar 7 they're really good at it but a, but a good investment plan from a very young age mm-hmm. and i feel like it's just catching up very uh, it's catching up in the south because of our generation now slowly slowly So yeah tell me about a little bit of that how did you get into you know the whole stock market craze 
um so i think most of our generation wants to make like money quickly and that's mostly uh why there has been such a rapid growth in uh, sentiment towards investing and uh, of course there have been there, recently there uh, I, i mean we we have more access to accessible financial products now i think with zero uh, what is zero da for those who don't who don't aware of it and oh yeah zero da is like this uh, discounted brokerage um application where uh, where you can transact in the stock okay. market basically you you need a right. broker to transact right. in the stock market right there are, there are many brokers hdfc is one uh, grow is one and then there is zeroda so zeroda is like the most popular amongst younger generations now and uh, yeah they're the number one um, trading app broker no in the country yeah Yeah, yeah, in the country, and yeah, so they opened a shit ton of accounts during the pandemic, especially yeah. So that's when I think globally there has been an increased uh, awareness for the need of an alternative. Yeah, uh, and like source. most people, like reduce their spending, right, right? And they had a lot of time on their hands to actually learn about investments and right. invest into the markets. So I think like during the uh, last year there have there has been a rapid growth in investments and the number of dmat accounts that have been opened uh if i'm not wrong like zerora opened around like 1.2 wow. million apps just i mean uh, dmat accounts just last wow. month i'm yeah. not sure i could but yeah something like that so there has been, so people are like sort of like signing up rapidly uh and they're discovering all of these financial products markets and knowledge is more accessible now so that's been great and of course everybody loves making money especially if it's quickly and you don't have to do anything about it where where you just like put it in a stock and you just sit on it for a while and it gives you some amount of return maybe like say what 10 15% and yeah and one more thing is like bank rates have gone down bank interest rates mm-hmm. have gone down or uh, during the pandemic so now they're what maybe we used to get like 6 to 8% has gone to like 4 to 6% 4 to 5% now so it's it's like really bad so yeah most people have seen the value of like alternative investment opportunities just, yeah right. yeah so not just storing your money in your savings bank and all of that stuff and crypto is just another whole thing where like elon musk has been was so that your was he or was he your inspiration or impetus too No, no, not really. I mean, I mean, I'm sure you've been dabbling in. I know for a fact that you've been dabbling in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency for like well before that. The idea, at least. Yeah, yeah. That's mostly because yeah, uh, it it was all happening at the same time. Oh, it's been like an it's it's been a very great uh, upward trend for like crypto and Bitcoin, especially. Wait, because Bitcoin is 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 a cryptocurrency, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency. There are thousands of other cryptocurrencies, and honestly, like since the past six to eight months, it's been all over the internet. So because uh, Bitcoin reached a new high know. of like fifty nine thousand. Oh, hardly some forty to fifty thousand dollars to a Bitcoin. Yeah, right now it's around fifty fifty one. Wow. Maybe yeah, that's massive to one Bitcoin. 
yeah it reached a high of 59000 dollars in like feb wow. mid feb when after elon sort of i mean after tesla invested like 1.5 billion in bitcoin but then again it dropped after elon started messing around and he's like oh i think the value of bitcoin is i think bitcoin is overvalued now and all of that crap so <laughs> so it fell again after that i mean for him 1.5 1.5 uh, million or whatever billion whatever the investment is i don't i don't think it even scratches him you know yeah okay wait let me just tell you what the market cap of bitcoin is right now market cap bitcoin we should actually one day do like an exclusive if people you know once this comes out once we post this and we share this obviously uh and if people like the conversation mm-hmm. oh, yeah. we can actually you know do like an exclusive uh, stock market uh, conversation so yeah from what i can see during feb during the peak basically mid feb it had reached around like 600 billion wow. us dollars the market wow. cap of bitcoin yeah so like obviously it doesn't i don't even know how many but, fucking zeros are there in that in that figure <laughs> yeah and you know like uh, bitcoin's priced early last mm. year i'll tell you what it was um early 2019 it was something around like 17000 dollars wow, okay yeah so in a year in a year like it's it sort of wait let me just bitcoin price Oh, This is where I say Jamie check Bitcoin price. Oh, dude! Uh, you missed that. What? So this is where I say Jamie check Bitcoin price. Jamie. Who's Jamie? Fuck! I was a Joe Rogan reference. Oh, Jamie! Oh, okay, okay. We don't have, we don't have Yet. Jamie. I don't remember his uh, assistant's name or whatever that dude. Jamie is the omnipotent oh. god. He's everything to Joe. <laughs> oh dude so listen so 9th march 2020 bitcoin's price was like 7934 dollars wow right now it is at 52304 dollars i'm just uh, i wanted best i'm just very scared because it seems very iffy in india at least the fate of the bitcoin yeah 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 so like it's 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 a horrible time uh for india right now all the crypto enthusiasts i mean all the cryptocurrency enthusiasts in india are shivering like india, shivering and trembling with fear i mean you don't really have to cuz people always find ways to sort of work around uh, government regulations and uh, they have this pe- most people on the internet seem to have at least all the fanatics have uh, just found a way to circumvent the problem huh? yeah don't really seem to be that worried about the ban and because they have found ways in through like hard let's clarify a sense. potential ban it's not yet been declared yeah hmm. yeah so yeah so i think a little are we really going to like get into like the no, we don't have the time cuz i have to refresh all yeah we don't have the time for that and i'm pretty that. sure that uh, a conversation any longer than this would sort of be very difficult on a listening audience especially since it's their first time and 
Yeah, we'll definitely do this some other time because there's a lot. Yeah, like I said, maybe we'll we'll we we'll leave like an hour long uh, episode just for cryptocurrency and stock market yeah. and all that fancy jazz. And and by no means am I like an expert at this. I have just started learning. We can actually get so one of our uh, networks to sort of uh, you know anyone who's a serial investor in one of our networks. They they can actually come along. Sure, sure, and like Shilpa did a bunch, a lot of work on uh, blockchain right, technology, right. so she can uh, explain the underlying tech behind uh, cryptocurrencies and all of that. So that, I mean, that's that's a very very long conversation uh, in itself. So that should be fun. I mean, uh, the the boring stuff like uh, politics and uh, uh, social commentary will also be included. But uh, let's see if we can have an exclusive episode. Uh, for this get maybe get shilpa on and uh, that'll be interesting I'm uh, sure yeah. yeah so maybe next time it'll just be the two of us uh, or we might have a guest depending on how this is received obviously uh, yeah we have no idea what we're doing we're just like going i feel like today i feel like today we've we've actually <laughs> covered a range of topics i mean editing this is going to be a bitch but then again <laughs> you're doing that so <laughs> I'm not doing that. How do I? I don't know how to do that. You're the you're the tech person. You're the tech girl. Figure it out. You you will figure it out. Honestly, you know, people talk about breaking stereotypes. We have one broken right here. You're the tech person. You've always been the tech person. It's you're just I don't know. You're just dumb when it comes to technology. I'm I'm just like. I'm just like I just have common sense. I feel like I feel like you're more of the implementer. I'm I'm very good at theoretical technology. I'm very good at theoretical technology. I know how it works. It's like okay, okay it's the same thing with blowing bubbles in with the, with a with a bubble gum or chewing up. I can't, you know that. Till till date, I don't know how to. I mean, I know how to the theory behind it, but I just can't implement mm-hmm. that theory. I can't execute mm-hmm. it. You can't blow, I can't blow bubble gum. Are you serious? Are you I'm very serious. serious. Oh well. I really, really can't. Then why did you have why were you why did you swallow a pen for a jar of bubble? That's gum? a different conversation for a different day. <laughs> we will have that too. Stupid wow. shit that we did. I love bubble gum. I love the taste. Of Not we. Yeah, I mean the we. That okay, that I did fine. Hell, I thought we can. I thought we won this together. What the hell? I I did not swallow a pen for a jar of bubble gum. And swallow a pen. It was a ballpoint pen. Ballpoint pin, like, yeah, it, not it, a ballpoint yeah, pin. It was that. It was that. It was you know those pins with like that ball on the back, like a small. Oh my god! Like I don't know the. Yeah, pins. the board pins. But why would you do that? Oh my god! Are you? Yeah, this just <laughs> is not helping. I was young and dumb and broke. This. I was young, dumb and broke. Yeah. Not even a high school kid at the time. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Anyway, I think that that that's our time. Yeah, it's been fun. Um, we'll uh, obviously get to the chopping block and see how best we can uh, uh, prepare this, and we'll put it out for uh, people to sort of. Uh, I mean, why am I even saying this? It's like by the time it's out, they will. We would have obviously succeeded in chopping it up and putting it out. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't why know I'm I mean, it. Rookie mistakes, I guess. But yeah, it's been a very nice conversation, Prima. That's what I call Kashi Prem. Uh, you don't have to explain. Fine, anything. dude. <laughs>
anyway so yeah this was uh, sakshi prem and rakshit rajesh on the dreaming in real time podcast uh and hopefully this makes sense to whoever has got till this point so yeah yeah that's it then bye bye <laughs> see you hopefully shut up bye <laughs>